potential for greatness lives within each of us. I dare. My name is Nikki Dare. I dare was born of personal hardship, triumph, and the desire to succeed. I dare, the acronym for integrity of diversity, adaptation, resilience, and empowerment is the hallmark of my life, derived from learning to evolve through difficult circumstances. Growth experiences necessarily result from these challenges. Without the obstacles, we never would know the true meaning of success or feel the exaltation of triumphing over adversity. My personal mission, therefore, is to help you encounter your purpose and live your best, best life by unearthing your inherent potential and finding joy in the journey. I did, and so can you. It's about personal empowerment and unlocking your inner potential. I Dare, therefore, is a way of life. Please join me to discover your inner potential by sharing some of our own challenges. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening and joining me today. Let's make it a blessed, joyful week this week. Thank you. Thank you for joining us at Nikki Dare Radio. Heard worldwide by millions of listeners with your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Our podcast hosted by Nikki Dare is your home for education to safety and survival, leadership and inspiration. Nikki Dare is the founder of iDare Inc., a registered 501c3 with its mission to educate and mobilize resources for preparedness and sustainability. iDare is a grassroots credo and personal mission based on its pillars of excellence, integrity, diversity, adaptation, resilience, and empowerment. Ms. Dare's personal mission is to help you encounter your purpose by unlocking your inherent potential and finding joy in the journey. Nikki Dare is the published author of The Audacity of Veracity, a columnist, women in the field of Western Outdoor News, California's publication of Fishing and Hunting. Ms. Dare is a certified firearms instructor in rifle, shotgun, and handgun, RSO, Range Safety Officer, and CERT, Community Emergency Response Training Member, a FEMA Certified Training, Women's Advocate, Transformational Mentor, and a seasoned BPR Change Management Consultant since her early 20s in transforming companies, and decades later she is reinventing her purpose. Nikki Dare's life has been spent passionately in helping others going through transformation, both personal and professional. And now, here's your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. a little bit intro uh, because it is a subject that's really good to my heart. This one. Post-traumatic disorder. Estimated 70% of adults in the United States have experienced some kind of traumatic event at least once in their lives and up to 
I have some statistics here. 20% of these people going to develop post-traumatic stress disorder. I'd like to share with you uh, some numbers here. Estimated 5% of Americans, more than 13 million people, have PTSD at any given time. Yes, post-traumatic stress disorder. Is it a mental illness? It involves exposure to trauma involving death or the threat of death, serious injury, sexual violence. Something is traumatic when it is frightening, overwhelming, causes a lot of distress. The symptoms of PTSD can have a negative impact, as we all know, on your mental health, physical health, work, and relationships. Now, here's some numbers that I'd like to share with you all. According to Anxiety and Depression America Association, 7.7 million Americans age 18 and older have PTSD. And about approximately, they say, 67% of people exposed to mass violence have been shown to develop PTSD. That's a higher rate than those exposed that have been experiencing natural disasters, earth, earthquake, fire, flood, what have you not, or other types of traumatic events, including relationships, obviously. People who have experienced previous traumatic events, this, they say, will you know, run a higher risk of developing PTSD. We're gonna ask this um, uh, statistics, obviously, with our guests. Okay, apa kabar? Selamat pagi, buenos dias, uh, bonjour. I don't speak German, but we, have, we do have a guest from Germany. Hey, good morning. <clears throat> our goal on WeTalk is to inspire, grow, and bring women across the globe together collaboratively to let our voices heard in so many issues and challenges we women are facing today, professionally, personally, on all levels. We want to hear their stories. We want to hear their voices, funding through challenges propelling to their successes. Yes, women are born natural healers. Women are the catalyst, change agents. When we collaborate, we gain more strength. We learn also that we are not alone. So therefore, we need to stay, grow, learn, rise together, right? Shall we? I'm excited to have another special exclusive guest this morning, Janine Wirth, from all the way from Germany. She is on a mission to burden of unresolved trauma without spending years in therapy. She is the CEO of Path to Healing Therapy and Coaching and the creative creator of the groundbreaking programs called Freedom from Trauma and PTSD and many, many more. Let's help me welcome Janine. Janine, good morning. How are you? I should say good evening because you're all the way in Germany, right, my dear? Welcome to our show. Hi, Nikki. Thank you so much. And thank you for that wonderful introduction. Let's get so, started, shall we? Yeah, how's the weather, by the way? I want to know in Germany. Cold. <laughs> it was minus <laughs> this morning. Well, we are now moving into our winter season. So we're going to start expecting proper snow anytime soon now. So, um, yeah, the short answer is cold. <laughs> Well, you know what? The reason why I'm asking is because I we're in, I'm kind of California, Southern California, and I want to just, you know, say, hey, I'm not alone here. I really cold here. You know, we always complain about our weather in Southern California. We're just complainers, I guess. We have beautiful weather here, but today is a sunny sky and it's a little bit cold. 
<laughs> but you know, we should be embracing all of these changes, right? All right, let's get started, shall we? Everyone has yeah. a background story to which lead them to follow uh, to their purpose and passion in life. So Janine, share with us a little bit about your background and why this was important to you and chose this, you know, the profession or career that you had selected. Your story, you had represented you, who you are today. I, I would like to hear it from you. Sure. So I am a licensed psychotherapist, a trauma recovery coach, and a clinical hypnotherapist. And I myself had a traumatic childhood. And I was born to a mother who experienced trauma in her late teens, but unfortunately didn't get the help necessary because back in the 70s, it wasn't really, if you think we don't speak enough about trauma today, you can imagine what it was like back in that, those days. And then I experienced another traumatic event when I was 18 years old, and that was a carjacking, kidnapping, and attempted rape. During that attack, there were two accomplices, and the one held a gun to my head, and he told me to take my clothes off. And in that moment, it was as if something inside me just snapped. Because here I was finally getting to the brink of adulthood and getting to make my own decisions and having basically this idea that my whole life is just really starting. And then this happened on the same day that I got my driver's license because at that time I was living in South Africa. And there you get your driver's license at the age of 18. So for me, this was just unreal. And when he did that, I looked at him and, you know, people speak of the fight, flight or freeze reaction. Well, my default setting, as we found out, is fight. Because I said to him, you're going to have to shoot me first. And I could see on his face this utter confusion, shock, almost overwhelm, because this is not how it was supposed to go. In his script, I was supposed to be begging, crying, pleading, doing whatever he told me to. And now all of a sudden, there I am saying, well, you're going to have to shoot me first. And That was your element of surprise. <laughs> and he was then in a completely sort of thrown out of, because uh, I could see that, you know, obviously that wasn't the first time he had done it. And he was going through the motions. And I basically stopped that little wheel of his. And I could then speak to his accomplice who was not as aggressive and could speak a bit of English, proper English, where the other one, the more aggressive one, couldn't really. And I couldn't uh, convince them to actually then leave because I was with a friend that night. And they had obviously taken our cell phones, money, jewelry, and then my car. So um, they then had a shootout with the police because at one stage I thought, well, maybe the guns are fake or they're not loaded or, you know, your mind tries to make, tries to soothe you and make you think, well, it's not that bad. And um, they had a shootout with the police. The guns were very real and loaded and I was lucky enough to get my car back. It was a bit damaged, but it was still drivable. And about a week later, I was sitting in my car in a parking lot and a friend of mine who didn't know what had happened to me creeped up 
to my car and slapped his hand down on my driver window. And in that moment, I almost jumped out of my skin. I immediately had heart palpitations, you know, anxiety, fear, everything. And I thought to myself, this is not okay. This is not normal. I need to get help because I'm a very independent person and an ambitious person. And I had all these, you know, hopes and dreams. And I thought, well, I can't live like this at 18. You know, so I went to a psychologist and back then they just had talk therapy. And during our sessions, he said to me that he believes my traumatic childhood had actually ended up saving my life. Because when you are a child and you're basically taught all the time that you can only rely on yourself he said that resilience and that attitude, that mentality was what saved me. Because if I had just complied and been crying and begging and doing whatever he said, you can imagine how that evening would have ended. And from Absolutely. that moment, I was then very much interested in trauma, PTSD, and started studying it privately for myself. At that time, I already had a job and was already in the path of studying, which I couldn't just change. So it was only um, later, a few years ago, two, three years ago, that I then decided that I'm now going to completely change my career and make that my life purpose. And I knew immediately that I wanted to work with women and I wanted to specialize in trauma. Traumatic you know, anxiety or disorder, all of these things that people say, oh, I didn't know I had it before. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think people, the thing is, and what I've realized is people don't really understand trauma. They, they only think of trauma as newsworthy trauma. So the kind of thing that happened to me, something that the newspaper would report on a natural disaster, horrific car accident, but that's not true. You also have what I call unnewsworthy trauma. And that's things that nobody's going to report on. That is, for instance, uh, things that happen in your childhood. So even people that have great parents and a stable home, if, for example, the parents aren't emotionally available to that child and children naturally compare themselves to their friends. So if a child who has that feeling that they are not the center of their parents' universe or that their parents don't love them unconditionally, when they look at their friends and they see that or they have the impression that their friend is loved like that, obviously the child takes it personally because we are taught to believe that if anybody is going to love you unconditionally, usually it should be your parents. So if the child thinks that the parents don't love him or her unconditionally, they take it personally. They think, what is wrong with me? Why, wh why can't they love me? What have I done? I'm not good enough. All of these things. And that can imprint on a child as well. And that's just the, the unnewsworthy stuff. When we get into things like abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, things like that, then you can take that and it just really expands and encompasses so much that people 
know that they feel different. Okay. So even if they're not talking about it, they within themselves will notice that they don't feel good enough, that they have self-worth issues, self-confidence issue, anxiety, and all these negative beliefs imprinting on them. So when people think about, have I experienced trauma? I would say, don't just think about the newsworthy trauma. Think about the other stuff that happened to you. Were you bullied as a child? Did you have a parent that was, you know, violent or physically abusive or, you know, all abandoned of those things. Or neglect, neglected you, neglected yes. you or absent, I should say, you know, physically absent or emotionally absent, mentally absent and all of that. Yes. Now you talk about um, relationship as well. So let's dive in a little bit on that, um, on, the, on the abusive relationship. Uh, romantic relationship because a lot of women have gone through somewhat in that relationship and then they become denial right they be like oh nothing is okay and there is a domestic violence inside uh, within the relationship and it's a shame to talk about it it's a shame to have a support system but then they they all now um, realizing that hey a lot of women are going through the same thing um, what are your thoughts on that and I want to also uh, touch base on, again, I think I mentioned about the uh, uh, soldiers, for example, that have come from, you know, some kind of combat um, uh, environment situations when they come back. You know, what are your thoughts on that, too? Are they all expected to have everybody to have PTSD in this kind of mm -hmm. uh, respect, in the respect of discussing PTSD? Okay. So... Go back. Adjust the uh, the relationship, the romantic relationship, the abusive yeah. relationship, uh, you know, between uh, boyfriend girlfriend or between mm -hmm. husband and wife. Um, you know, because a lot of women endure a lot of pain for a long time. Yeah, we know that. Yeah. We we have so many domestic. I don't have statistics here, but then we know that. Uh, we we talk about it. We see people. We know people. We know other women are going through this, and then they become shameful to discuss it, even to openly discuss it. Yes. You know, because maybe so, they're, they're saying, oh, I'm being judged or I'm being, you know, um, all of these things in society, not accepted, perhaps. What are your thoughts on that, Janine? What I've noticed in my practice and in my experience is that women that have in their childhood, for whatever reason, had issues with not feeling lovable or good enough their chances of landing up with a significant other who treats them in that way is a lot higher because the mind loves what is familiar. So if they are used to being emotionally neglected, for them, that feels normal. So they normal. will then, yeah, that's their normal experience. So when they land up with as an adult with a partner that emotionally abuses them or physically abuses them, for them, that is nothing new because they are used to that from their childhood. So women that are not used to that from their childhood, when that happens to them, it is a bigger shock to them because that is not their normal. But for women where that is or where they've seen that in their home, so if their mother uh, was abused by their father physically or emotionally or um, they 
don't really have such a big reaction to that or it's not that crazy for them because they've seen that their whole life for they've them been to that. they've been trained and they're um, visual they're used to it we call it they're used to it there's their standards so they don't know any better i've gotten one person that said um you know neglect who has been neglected who has been abandoned who has been um just emotionally detached by their own family uh members you know parents um, completely and when somebody loves him and then it becomes this is how you love this is this is a different kind of feeling because you have felt so much pain for so long I mean half of half of your lifetime and you have you have endured that by yourself because nobody has told you to say you just see you know, from uh, from articles, from the world out there, from society, this is how it looks like. But when you are carrying out your own personal relationship, romantic relationship, your own marriage, and then you become, ah, but my parents didn't do that. But this is how yeah. it is. This is what love is unconditionally. Yeah. And the thing is, it's very difficult for women to leave those situations because they become emotionally invested often they don't have the resources to leave and because they've seen that growing up and they've seen that their whole life to them they don't sort of see it as something that they should run away from because if her mother endured that then surely it's not that bad if she endures that you know because right. that's the only thing that she knows so it becomes a bit more difficult to convince these women. It takes quite a bit of work to make them realize that they are worth better because their self-esteem and self-worth is so low that often they don't think that they deserve anything better. They think that that's the only kind of person that, that they can have, which obviously isn't true. Right. So this is where the self-love, self-awareness, self, um, self-care comes in, where, you know, healers and coaches, like, you know, life coaches have suggested, recommended, like, look inside, look sick inward. Um, you, already, you already have it all, you know, the, the, the courage, the strength. Uh, you just need to focus more on that. Because with that, too, there is a lot of pain. You know what I mean? There's a lot of pain that they have that they carry for so long um, where they, it, it's, it's pretty much you got to have to reboot yourself. you got to have to rebuild. But is this something that uh, is really a valid argument, right? I mean, you know, yeah, there's a lot of resources out there, but they just don't, either they don't know how to or I don't know if, I, if this is right, you know. But then we all know that, go ahead. What I do in my practice is, although I'm trained in CBT, which is normal talk therapy, um, I use a different modality. It's called rapid transformational therapy. And basically what it does is we use regression hypnotherapy and we combine that with parts of traditional therapy. So what happens is when somebody experiences trauma, it is not the physical pain that affects them 
because bones can heal, cuts can heal, bruises can heal. When I hear stories, and very often I'm the first person that someone will tell their story to, if a woman has been violently sexually assaulted or that, her body will heal and she has survived that event. But the problem is the emotions that her subconscious mind has attached to that event. And that is what I do. I give clients the ability to, in a very safe and responsible way, go back in the past without being re-traumatized to deal with those emotions that they felt when that event happened to them and to neutralize those feelings so that they don't have these constant feelings of fear, shame, guilt, whatever they are experiencing because depending on the event, it would be different for everyone. So when something has happened in their childhood, specifically with unnewsworthy trauma, I would then look for that event that triggered that feeling or belief, for instance, if they feel that they're not lovable or not good enough. And then together with the client, I look for the pattern in their life that basically taught them that this belief that they are not worthy, not lovable, not good enough is true. And once we have that root cause, the trigger, and we have the pattern, we can then neutralize those feelings. And then with a recording that they receive the next day that they have to listen to for at least a month, we then build new neural pathways in their brain. So that you can imagine it as a computer having virus software and we take that off and then we upload new healthy software that tells them what is really true. So in that way, people can deal with trauma regardless of what kind without having to go through it because a lot of people are then scared, well, I don't want to relive that, but you're not reliving it because there is a method that we use to take the person out of the scene where they are just watching it like a movie and they are just getting information. I feel scared. I feel shame. I feel guilt. So if someone had to tell me that they were violently attacked by a dog and they tell me that now in hypnosis, they don't feel that pain. We're just looking mm. at the information so they don't need to worry. Evaluating, right. Evaluating and gathering, collecting data, basically information. Exactly. And with that information, we can then help the client in a very safe and positive way to deal with those emotional triggers because those emotional triggers are the cause of their PTSD. So once you deal with that, the symptoms of PTSD also subside. I want to just touch base on this. I know that in my intro, I mentioned about mental illness. And let's go with that, with your thoughts. And then also anxiety disorder. Uh, is that different or is that something similar? I don't know if you want to, you know, I, I know that you mentioned a little bit about that. Tell me your thoughts on that, Janine. Well, anxiety and PTSD are not the same thing. Anxiety, you can have anxiety without experiencing PTSD. Um, For instance, if somebody has 
and anxiety disorder, for them, the idea, depending what kind of anxiety they have, getting on the subway could be an issue. So anxiety and PTSD are two separate things. Two separate things, okay. Yes. PTSD is caused, it needs a trigger or an event that shocks the person and the system so much that they then have a response to that. So that is not anxiety. That is something completely different. And PTSD is not a mental illness. It is a symptom of an experience. And in the past, people, there's been a stigma about people speaking about PTSD because people don't understand PTSD. Whoever has PTSD, that is not their fault. That is a symptom of an experience that they've had, an awful, horrible experience. There is no shame in that. It's not right. anything that they did or that they, you know, were irresponsible. Unavoidable. Right, yeah. unavoidable. It's an event. It's the circumstances they've gone through. So we look at some of the soldiers, like I mentioned as well, from combat situations, environment. What are your thoughts on this? Because it's just becoming an increasing epidemic on this. Also mass violence, you know. So... War veterans is not my speciality. I work with women. But what I know about PTSD and what I know from colleagues that work only with war veterans is that very often a lot of shame is involved because men in society are supposed to be strong and tough, you know, the strong silent type. And basically this gives men this feeling or idea that they are alone in that or that they can't speak about it. So I think it's very important that when people come back from combat, that they receive help, whether in their mind they, because all war conditions are traumatic. I mean, that is not Absolutely. a normal condition. So Absolutely. Whether you saw something horrific or not, the fact that you were in combat with the real possibility of losing your life or the lives of your friends, your comrades, I think everybody as the new normal should receive help when they come back to deal with that. And this taboo about it should just not exist at all because these are people that are putting their lives on the line for their country. So if anybody deserves help, it should be them. It should be them. Completely agree on that. I mean, look at this. And then they come back, maybe lost anything physically or lost their spouse. I mean, we hear about this, you know, marriage, relationships, and everything. Um, I agree completely with you that they should receive help. I'm sure there are resources currently right now. Um, going on. And I really thank you for that uh, response, by the way. Now, um, as far as like who are affected by this and what age, um, what do you say on that? Are you referring to war veterans now? No, 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 PTSD in general. PT Anyone can ha experience PTSD, even children. It's just 
our coping mechanisms are different. So if you take a child who is experiencing example abuse or has seen something really traumatic, their minds are not developed. They cannot deal with that. So very often they will have amnesia where their mind is trying to protect them and they just can't remember that. But often those children will have behavioral problems, temper problems. There will be some sort of way for them to show that they have experienced something. Because an eight-year-old can't go to the corner shop and fetch a bottle of vodka or a packet of cigarettes or, you know, go to a club and have yeah. a one night stand. Everybody has their own way of dealing with that. Their coping. Outlets. Mechanism. I call it yeah. yeah outlet. But an eight year old can't do that. So they are experiencing that trauma, but the only way that they can show that something has happened to them is either through their behavior where they either become really quiet and withdrawn or they become or really the angry and angry. Yeah, right. Rage, anger. Correct. Yes. So they, often, everybody has their own way of responding to this yes. circumstances. And especially with children, if a child is really acting up, really has anger issues and you know, shows violence towards other children or is disruptive or the exact opposite, withdrawn, quiet, isn't interacting, most of the time people aren't looking behind the behavior because behind that behavior is usually a really sad story and nobody's Absolutely. dealing with the story. They're just I looking agree. at the child and saying, you've got behavior problems. Why? You know, it, the solution isn't just to put children on medication. The solution is to find out what is triggering this behavior. Right. Yeah, broken homes, for example. I mean, people get hyper and then say, oh, yeah, that's just, they have ADD. <laughs> and then just give them some medication. Let them all calm down. That's not the case. Perhaps. I would say before we start just pre prescribing medication, a full audit should be done to find out, did something happen to this child? Is this child, is this his or her coping mechanism because they have no other way to deal with it? Absolutely. I totally, completely agree. You know, I like I said. Now, before I forget also, there's a question that I'd like to ask you. What other countries, um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure we're not alone um, on the subject, on these PTSDs everywhere around the world. Um, in your perspective, what other countries that has a high rate of PTSD? I, I managed to get the answer for that and did my own little digging. They said it's Canada. What are your thoughts on that? And also, of course, Canada followed by, I believe, Netherlands and then Australia and then us followed by us. What are your thoughts on that? And what are the symptoms, um, you know, based on what on this rating, they say? Well, first of all, I don't give those ratings a lot of credit. And the reason for that is the ratings or the statistics are just on what gets reported. So when you have third world countries where there are awful conditions, war conditions, I mean, if I look at my home country, South Africa, that has one of the highest crime rates in the world, you cannot tell me that right. those people do not experience PTSD. Right. 
when you are living in fear every single day and that is your normal, obviously you are going to have PTSD, but people don't report on that. There's nobody taking those statistics. So for me, those statistics are only from countries that get attention. The real countries that usually have the most crime are the countries with the highest PTSD. And I, I'm sorry to say, I don't think that Canada has the highest crime rate in the world. Yeah, I looked at that and I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, you know, surprised. I said 9.2 and then I, you know, of course, I want to address this to you to see if this is something that, you know, credible. Uh, Any country that has recently taken on refugees, who's counting the statistics for the refugees? Right. Where do exactly. those statistics so this is numbers, right? I mean, you know, this is just a reported uh, numbers data. Uh, like you said earlier, uh, I'm really, I'm, I'm really in agreement with that. So what about those that really behind the curtain that's not reported? The, um, these are the, the ones that cases that are being filed. Uh, you know, I really am interested in the program that you mentioned as well. Tell me a little bit about that. You know, what are the challenges that you have faced, uh, just really briefly, on some of your customers that, you know, you, you mentioned they don't want to really come out because it's shame. The, 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 standard, the standard things, obviously, that the first time that they don't want to, you know, talk about it. But then there is a process that you offer to them that make them reveal mostly work with women and I very often work with women entrepreneurs and a lot of people don't make the connection between their symptoms and unresolved trauma so when I have a female entrepreneur that presents with binge eating that was a symptom that I saw in so many of my female clients and all of those were somehow connected to some sort of trauma, whether it was newsworthy trauma or the not newsworthy trauma of parental neglect or something like that. In all of them, we could find that triggering trauma. Often mm -hmm. it will be procrastination, you know, where they know what to do, what they want to do, they have these goals, but they keep on self-sabotaging themselves. Fatigue is another big one. You know, I had a woman that was presenting with binge eating and fatigue. It went back to a traumatic childhood event. And after we dealt with that, because her mind was constantly trying to process all of that, after we mm. dealt with that, binge mm -hmm. eating was no longer an issue for her. All of a sudden, she was getting up two hours before her alarm was going off way before she used to get, just get her children ready and then used to not be able to do anything. She said, keeping my house clean, grocery shopping, all these normal things feel like a marathon to me because she was so in fatigue that she just couldn't cope. So once that is it's like a robot, right? That we do. This is a machine that we robot doing the same thing again, monotony. Yeah, because the body is under constant stress. You know, when the uh, the amygdala, the part of your brain that is like your fire alarm, when that is constantly firing and in that state of hyper awareness, you're tired. 
you have a lot of cortisol running through your body. Everything right. feels stressful, you know, and that right. takes a physical toll on people and they don't realize that, you yeah. know, for, sometimes it can show as visibility issues because women have this belief that they're not lovable, that they're not good enough. They can't show up in their business. Being on a podcast is a nightmare for them. Being on a Facebook Live, no ways. They don't want people to see them. They want to have a business and they want to perform, whether it's now their own business or a career. But at some point, they will reach a point where they cannot go past that because they are being held back, either through procrastination, self-sabotage, fatigue, not wanting to be visible. And all of that, once you look at it deeper, once you look behind that symptom, in my experience, 90% of that will come back to some sort of traumatic event because the mind is then either trying to protect the person or to punish them. Mm. And you often it's see that. The mindset, yeah. You often see that, for example, in women that have been sexually abused or assaulted. A lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them will then make themselves physically unattractive because they have the belief that that will protect them from it happening again. Yeah, very true. So, so they might then become, mm -hmm. with the symptom of extra weight, but the real problem is the salt that they experience that they are trying to protect themselves from in the future. True. So often people think, okay, even people that know they have experienced trauma, they think, oh, well, that was 20 years ago. It's not affecting me today. The bad news is, unfortunately, trauma affects every aspect of your life. It affects the way you perform in your career. It affects your personal relationships. It affects the way you parent shows up how you, you know, interact with your clients, how you take care of your body. It shows up everywhere and people don't realize that. Yeah, it's all about the mindset. You go back again and then you're seeking that, you know, what, what are, you know, the past childhood and uh, how, how you've been conditioned, you know, emotionally. Uh, the resilience. I talk about this too. I think before emotional resilience. Um, I know what you have gone through. Uh, very compelling story. It sounds like it's it's a passion to you, and it becomes you know your basically the purpose um, in your life. You know, become Definitely. a money making career, right? That um, really. I'm sorry. Go ahead. My wish or my purpose in life is to get women that have experienced trauma to make it one page of their story instead of the entire book. I want them to be who they were always meant to be, to reach their full potential before mm -hmm. that experience changed them. Mm -hmm. And that's why I developed the program Freedom uh, from Trauma and PTSD, which is a 12-week program where it's a, a mixture of one-to-one -one therapy. So all the therapy is private, but then group coaching and having that community because 
that's also another reason why I started my support group um, on Facebook. It's a free private group for women called Freedom from Trauma and PTSD because I noticed that women think that they are alone. They have this notion that they are alone and it's not true. Or they start comparing where they say, well, it's not as bad as, you know, if they had a really bad car accident, they say, well, at least I wasn't raped. You know, it's, it's as if in their trauma, their trauma is not good enough for them. And that comes from their own feelings of not feeling lovable and not feeling good enough. So I noticed that uh, there were a lot of support groups on Facebook Uh, Facebook as an example, but either they were open, so anybody on the internet could read what what people were writing in there, so there wasn't a safe space, or they were men and women mixed, which a lot of women don't feel comfortable with, especially if they've been assaulted by a man. And a lot of them were not run by clinicians. So moral support is fantastic. But having a trained professional, I think, is of more value because when someone is really experiencing PTSD symptoms or even starting to go into the borderline personality range, they need professional help. Mm-hmm. So I offer free consultations for my group members because the whole point is to help them get better, not just to give them a nice little inspirational or motivational quote. You know, they need real help. So I would always say that's a good place to start your journey because you can't fix what you don't accept or admit. So once you realize that your symptoms are starting to hold you back, join a support group. There are, there's a whole community of these warrior spirited women that have been through these experiences, but they don't have a victim mentality. They're there to support each other. And that's a fantastic environment to be in, especially when you feel alone, because you're not. Yeah. This is so good about the uh, community such as uh, online like this, you know, uh, and you're so right about the support system. You know, after all, we're all humans, you know, we, we, we have emotion, we have uh, emotional connection. I want to look at it from the other, that angle. What are your personal advices to other women out there listening? And uh, I know that you mentioned join the support group as a, as a very good step, first step. And also to your, the, to your own journey, personal journey that you have gone through. Um, you know, what are your personal advices? My advice would be that if you realize that you need help, so if you are experiencing nightmares, flashbacks, anxiety, depression, any of those sort of symptoms, you need to get help because those symptoms do not magically go away. Look, war veterans are the perfect example. It's not like they have PTSD for three years and then they're fine there is a process involved. So trying to suffer in silence is not noble. It is not going to cure you. You need to go and get help. And once you do, you can then start 
seeing what life is supposed to be like. Because depending on how bad your symptoms are, that has massive effects on your family life even. Even for the person that you're in a relationship with. I mean, you think of all the military wives. You think they're not affected by their husband's PTSD or their wife's no, absolutely. PTSD? Woman? Absolutely. I've known some, uh, quite a few of them. Uh, you know, these are the women that don't want to be known, don't want to be seen. Um, they, they're happy just behind the curtain all the time. Um, yeah, it's incredible, these women, because they are affected by, by the uh, you know, by their husband that came back you know, from combat. For them, I think sometimes it's even worse because they are trying to be supportive of their partner, trying to deal with the effects that this is having on their family life, trying to make everything seem as normal as possible for their children if they have any. There are so many issues and aspects to that. You need to get help. There is no, especially nowadays, there are so many options to get help that, I mean, it's a lot easier than what it used to be. Yeah, it's more as society is, uh, is accepting that, you know. I mean, just like you said, can you imagine decades ago, people don't really talk about this. Now there's too many things that we cannot be just shut, shut up in the closet. Just, you know, we don't want to hear about you. Hey, listen, time flies when you're having fun. Way too much fun, right? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, just get help. Anybody listening to this, I appreciate all of, all of this expertise, advice, and everything. Yes, get help. You know, join in. Why, what was your Facebook group? I try to write this down. Um, tell us again about your Facebook group, the community that you have already. Sure. It's a private support group just for women, and it's called Freedom from Trauma and PTSD. All right. Now, um, also, can you give us some of your information, how we can reach you? you know, websites or workshops or any uh, services that you're extending? Sure. So the easiest way to follow me is either on Facebook, on my business page, which is called Janine Worth, Path to Healing Therapy and Coaching. Or you can follow me on Instagram. It's Janine Worth, RTT. And on there, I usually post. I also have a website called janineworth.com and on there I post when new courses are starting join my support group if you're a woman that's looking for a safe non-judgmental space that's a good way I'm in there every single day and just reach out to me on social media thank you for all you do Janine and you know your services that you extend to a lot of people just by healing and all of that you do, and you know, compelling story, what you have done through as well, uh, through your journey. And you know what, after all we women, are, we're the catalyst to great things in this planet, right? Whether we know it or not, we keep on doing what we, what we do, um, you know, following our purpose and passion. And for our listeners out there, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please do post and share the podcast to a lot of people, to others. You know what to do, share it, like it, tweet it, and Facebook like it. You know, all those fancy stuff that you do every day. Get the word out there. It feeds your soul and feed the souls of your friends and others around you. So see you next time on We Talk, Woman Empowerment.
with our goal to bring women, empowering other women to break through their limiting beliefs and achieving the personal and professional goals. Healthy mind promotes healthy body. Thank you so much, Janine, our lovely guest. We'd love to have you back again soon, obviously, because this is just uh, too many things that we need to cover, right? Thank you, my dear. Thank Until you so then, much. this is Nikki Dare, your host. Stay vigilant, stay safe, and collaboration, not competition. God bless. Thanks, my dear. Thank you. well and come back. I want you back again. From our passion to yours, I'm Nikki Dairy Host. God bless. Thank you. Bye. You have been listening to Nikki Dares Radio, a podcast of sustainability with your host, Ms. Nikki Dare. To learn more, please visit Ms. Dare's websites, education.nikkidare.com. Workshops on safety preparedness, situational awareness are available. Also available, the Transformational Coaching Series. For corporate and private group pricing, please contact us. She also offers both private and group classes and firearms training, 
handgun, rifles, and shotgun for individuals and families and home invasion scenarios and her other outdoor activities and her passion for fitness and upcoming classes. Follow her on LinkedIn and her social media, Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Pinterest, and Facebook. Or simply watch her tutorial videos. You can subscribe to her YouTube channel, Nikki Dare. All about her books and inspirational quotes can be found on her website, books.nikkidare.com. Check out her newest website, travel.nikkidare.com, for all travel resources, savings, and tips. Her calendars, both of living and purpose and passion, as well as her exclusive edition of Firearm Safety, are available for order on her website, NikkiDare.com. All of her broadcasts are available for free download on iTunes podcast, Nikki Dare. For more details on opportunities for sponsorships and speaking engagements, please email us at education at NikkiDare.com. Join her next time, living in purpose and passion. Our mission is to live a sustainable life with your host, Nikki Dare.